Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there! Whoop-dee-doo. Whoop-dee-doo, indeed. Let's kick off this podcast by talking about projects. Yeah, let's start things. We're going to talk about Kickstarter today. And Kickstarter is, uh, in case you are not familiar, it's a way to crowdsource funding a creative project. So, in a way, Kickstarter is not – you could argue Kickstarter in itself is not a tech stuff topic, but it is uh, funded through a website. So, there's your tech stuff there. A lot of tech projects have been funded through Kickstarter. So, there's another connection. And there's some interesting uh, projects that were uh, in various stages as of the recording of this podcast. And I should get that out of the way first. We're recording this show on Friday, July 13th, 2012. That's important because some of the stuff we're going to talk about is related specifically to information that's available today. So by the time you hear this, that information is going to be out of date, but we wanted to let you kind of have a snapshot of what's going on right now. Yeah, it's funny. We were recording these on July 13th, uh, I mean Friday the 13th, and we haven't – but get, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, Jonathan wanted to talk about uh, a couple projects on Kickstarter, and I said, you know, I'm not sure everyone understands what it is. Um, it is the kind of of uh, I guess it's safe to call it a company or organization anyway that that really wouldn't exist in its form without the internet. Um, yeah, the internet enables Kickstarter, and and Kickstarter enables other organizations to do their thing. Right. Um, Kickstarter does make some money. Off of these projects. Yeah, they, 5%. They, yep. So um, basically what they do uh, in, in the nutshell sense, uh, somebody says, I have this idea. I need to raise money for this idea. Uh, I would like to post this on your website and publicize this idea to raise money. And Kickstarter says, okay, and they, we like your idea. We'll post it on our website. And they provide – all the the necessary pieces for you to be able to do that. Yeah. So let's say let's let's just go ahead and make an example. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to make an example that's going to be uh, just generic. Okay. All right. So let's say that uh, let's say that Chris, you let's say you have got a new band together. Okay. And you want to you want to do an album together. You guys have you guys have played together for a while. You got a, a unique sound. You've got something you want to say. But you don't want to go through the the traditional route of trying to get a record label to sign you on, that kind of stuff. You want to do it yourselves, but that costs money. It's going to require studio space. You're going to have some production costs. You're going to have if you want to if you want to press a physical medium like a CD or or a vinyl disc, that's going to cost money. So you you need to be able to fund this, right? Yep, and without a uh, without a record label to fund that, that's all going to come out of my pocket or go on my credit cards. And you may not have the available credit or money to do this. So what Which you would is do? Accurate. <laughs> let's say so. Then you go to Kickstarter and you say, "All right, here's what my project is." And you have to have very specific parameters for your project for you to be able to get an approved Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. So I would need to say something like, "I want to press five thousand copies of my disc," or or even you could even go so far as to say, I want to record an album. Right. You could say it that way and not even have the 
the required amount of like how many discs you plan on pressing. If you if you're able to specify this money will go toward the production of an album. The album is by this band and and you're able to give enough information, you submit that to Kickstarter. You say I I estimate that I am going to need and I'm just throwing out a number, Mm $10,000. I'm going to need $10,000. I want to have two months to raise $10,000 through Kickstarter. Kickstarter gets your request. They review it. If it meets the requirements that Kickstarter has put into place, uh, which we'll get into a discussion about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But let's say if it meets those requirements, Kickstarter then will approve your, your uh, campaign. Right. They, Feature it on their site somewhere so it's searchable. Sometimes they'll actually feature feature it so it's right there on the front page and you can see it right there. If you're lucky enough, that's where it is, which means a lot of eyeballs are going there. Yeah. But generally, you'll promote this through other means like social media, Facebook, Twitter, that kind of thing. Right. Um, then what happens is people can go and they can contribute money toward that project. They're not donating. They're contributing. They are investing in that project. That's right. It's a very important part of this. So when they invest, they're using an Amazon payment method to transfer money to this uh, or to pledge money really to this uh, project. And mm-hmm. it's not unless the project actually meets its goal that that money gets pulled from the contributors. Right. So if uh, you say – say somebody is uh, asking for $10,000 yep. from fans, for example, like like this record that we are talking about, um, and people contribute, say, $5 each and they only raise $8,500 over the two-month period, it doesn't go, then you're not out $5 right. or whatever you, it was you, you contributed. Keep, you keep your money. The the project does not get funded. You keep your money. Kickstarter does not make anything. So yeah. it's actually in Kickstarter's interest to make sure to, to do as much as it can so that these projects get funded because that's how Kickstarter makes money. Right. So if that $10,000 did go through, let's say that you know the you you just hit that $10,000 mark within the the time frame, you would get $10,000 minus Amazon payments cut and Kickstarter's cut. Mm-hmm. They both get a cut of that. It can be up to as much as 10%. So it might be that you only get 9,000 9, instead mm-hmm. of 10,000 because of the cuts that Amazon and Kickstarter make. But uh and Amazon's amount is dependent upon where you are and other factors. So it can't really give a, a, a solid figure on that. But Kickstarter's is 5%. Right. So at least 5% mm-hmm. is going to be taken out. Uh, so you need to take that into account when you set your goal. Because you're like, all right, well, if that's how much I really need, I'm going to get 5% less than that if I just meet this goal. Right. Now, you can get make more than what your goal is. And many of them have. Yeah, and it's and you don't get access to that money until the period is up. So if it's a 90-day period, and at the end of 90 days, you have uh, more than five times what you were asking for, mm-hmm. that's when you get it all. And, of course, that, that appeals to Kickstarter, too, because they take that 5% off the total, not off what the goal was. <laughs> So if your goal was ten thousand, you make fifty thousand. They get that five percent off the fifty thousand, not the ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Which great business for Kickstarter. Uh, so I mean, it is a business. You know, they're not completely altruistic, nor should we expect them to be, because it would cost money and, and resources to run this site. So I'm not I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Kickstarter for trying to make money. If they didn't, this thing wouldn't exist. And a lot of people who have had projects uh, get funded would not have had that money. Right. 
And, uh, you know, of course, it's it's paying the bills and it's uh, paying for people to to work at the site. So yep. that's important. So uh, we we're talking about how they're contributors, not donators. Um, the contributors, part of that part of that relationship is that when you contribute, you should be able to expect something in return. Right. So if you contributed to the release of my faux band's new album, you should get a copy of that record. Assuming your contribution meets a certain level. Right. You can think of it kind of like, and, and it's only in the sense of if you contribute a certain amount, you get a reward. You know, like uh, when a pledge drive happens on something like NPR or mm-hmm. PBS, where if you pledge a certain amount of money, you get rewards in return. It's similar to that, except again, you're not donating, you're contributing. Yeah. Uh, so if, uh, when you create a project, if you want to create a project for Kickstarter and have a Kickstarter campaign, part of what you have to do besides setting a time limit and a, uh, a, a cash goal is you have to set up rewards for contributors at different levels. Mm-hmm. And ideally, those levels should relate to – the reward should relate to how much money is being donated. So mm-hmm. in other words, uh, if um, if you donate $25 to Chris's project and that would get you a uh, a special version of the CD that has maybe a track on it that the normal CD doesn't have. So you get a bonus track for 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you do 50 bucks. Well, you wouldn't want just to have two copies of that CD. That might not be a great – uh, reward, but perhaps it's a copy of the CD that's autographed by the entire band and maybe some other swag, like a poster or some stickers or stuff. And depending upon the complexity of the project, the size of it, uh, and the, um, the ability of the, the person who's running the project to deliver upon these, they can get pretty elaborate. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen ones where if you contribute a, a very large amount of money toward a big project, you end up getting you might get a producer's credit on something. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say that someone contributed a thousand dollars to your band's project. You might include their name in the liner notes for the the album, saying this is a producer for this album, right? Because essentially they are. Yeah. They're they, they're contributing a significant amount of money. That's what producers do. That's yes. That's gosh, I love them. Producers, I love you. <laughs> get in touch with me. Anyway, so the uh, I'll send the, you an autographed MP3. <laughs> You'll have my digital signature. I can't imagine how that could go wrong. So <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's the whole basic idea of Kickstarter. You, on yeah. the on the project leader side, you have these returns that people get in in uh, uh, as a result of them contributing to you. And if you get the you don't have to worry about giving out the rewards unless the project hits completion. Right. Now, let's talk about uh, I'm sorry, you were about to say something. Well, I was going to I was going to say that um uh just in the in the general outlining of of what Kickstarter is, um Jonathan mentioned that it's for creative projects and yes, that's that's pretty much exclusive semi-exclusively what it is. I mean, uh going alphabetically on the website, you see uh, art, comics, dance, design, fashion, uh, film and video, food, games, music, uh, photography, publishing, technology, and theater. And tech is really sort of the, the standout, uh, odd, uh, category. category. I mean, most of these are, uh, most of these are intangible in, in the sense that, you know, a film, you know, it's, it's, you would have the film or you would have a copy of the video or the, a copy of the comic book. It's um, also interesting that but, the tech one has the single largest funded uh, campaign in Kickstarter history to date. Although, 
Well, no, it'll still be tech, but I think that there might be a, there's a contender to take over the helm on that, depending yeah. on how much more, uh, momentum it has, but we'll get into that. Yeah. You don't, you don't see the, the kind of stuff that you see, uh, advertised on TV, the, um, uh, as seen on TV type yeah. things. Uh, technology is, is the, the category where, you know, Hey, I've come up with an idea for this invention. Yeah. It's kind of this, this whole like invention. crazy prototype stuff that can, that can get funded through this. Um, the company was founded by Perry Chen, Yancey Strickler and Charles Adler. And it's located out of Manhattan. Uh, that's in New York. Oh, and, there you are, Perry. There you are, Perry. Um, I'm not going to do it. I keep on wanting to go into Dubenschmerz every time. <laughs> Curse you, Patty, the Kickstarter founder. <laughs> um, so they, they've they created this company. Uh, here's some, some things to keep in mind with Kickstarter. Um, because this is a service that they're running, they've done some work to protect Kickstarter from problems. Uh, but they're... There are things you got to keep in mind with Kickstarter, and and this is not to cast aspersions upon the service or upon anyone who uses it. Well, one of the things that you mentioned early on in this podcast was these projects have to meet a series of requirements in order to be considered, right? And that's part of it. These these requirements you have to be uh, you have to at least have uh, you know as far as they can tell. You know, there are people that have to vet these things to make sure that they're legit. Right. And uh, because Kickstarter doesn't want to uh, get burned and they also don't want to lose their credibility. It is important um, for them to go, hey, we've checked these guys out and they appear to us to be real enough for us to post them online. Right. If it looked like if people got burned by enough scams on Kickstarter, no one would go there to fund projects. And for Kickstarter, that's that's bad news uh, first of all, because people will stop using the service and go away. And second of all, I mean, they really want to help people. I mean, that's the really the point. Um, and uh, without making sure that they're for real, um, you know, then uh, then Kickstarter fails. Yeah. Yeah. And so but that is one thing you got to worry about is the fact that yeah. with Put yourself in their shoes. Right. Yeah. With with a Kickstarter campaign, if you're looking at funding one. Keep in mind that there's nothing that legally binds that project leader to use the money for what they say it's going to be used for. Right. So if it's like, hey, this sounds like a really cool project. I want to be a part of it. And you put money toward it. There's a chance that even if it gets funded, that project never actually happens. And that could be for multiple reasons. It might be that the person swindled you, which is awful. It's a terrible thing. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen because, as you said, Chris, if it happens frequently enough, no one uses Kickstarter. Right. And then we lose this this service, which I think is very valuable. Uh, or it could be a much simpler and, and more innocent but naive problem in that the person who was the spear uh, – the, the, was spearheading this project underestimated how much money it was going to take in order to make the project become a reality. So it may be that they say, oh, oh, I can do this for $10,000. And they get the $10,000 and they find out 
as they work that it's way harder than they expected and the $10,000 runs out and the project's not complete. Yeah, they, they, they use the money. They start working on a prototype. The prototype doesn't work exactly the way they thought it would. It's going to need some reengineering. They're going to have to build a new prototype. And, and meanwhile, they're burning through the money. Yeah. And, and they, and you know, they take it to somebody and it's going to cost more than they thought it was going to to manufacture. Right. So you get to a point where you're just like, well, oh, no. crap. That just means that we, uh, we, we burn through, and this happens with companies, whether they're crowdsourced or exactly. not. So, exactly. so this is not unique to Kickstarter projects. But, you know, sometimes that happens where a project ends up being, I always tell people, overestimate how much you're going to need because stuff's going to happen that's going to eat up money that you did not expect. Well, let's, let's compare it really quickly because we want to talk about some actual projects, but really quickly, let's compare it to, let's say, another, a, a regular type tech project. So somebody has an idea and they take it to a venture capitalist. Yeah. And the venture capitalist gives them $2 million. So the venture capitalist is uh, putting forth all of the money for this project to go forward. Um, and uh, he or she is, is basically the lone stakeholder other than the person who came up with the idea in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you or I hear about it. They, they bring it to CES. They go, you know, Jonathan talks about it in the blog and says, look at this. And you go, man, that would be cool. I'm going to buy one of those when it comes out on the market. Well, all of this stuff happens. They find out it can't be done for that much money. The, the VC goes, I am not giving you any more dough because you can't make this happen and in a cost-effective way. There's no sign of the burning through cash ever ending. Forget it. I'm done. Yeah. And, and because of this, the person can't get any more funding and they go back to their job uh, working in a computer store. Right. In Kickstarter, the people funding this project are you and me. Right. And we've all contributed a hundred dollars each. Right. We're like we're like venture capitalists on a fraction of what a venture capitalist actually does. Yeah. And so we've donated money and we are contributed money. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in my head. So we are, are contributing our share of the money. There are a few hundred of us or a few thousand of us who all want to make this project succeed. Instead of just one person right. with the venture capital donating it all. So th- none of this is behind the scenes. It's all out here on Kickstarter, out on the table, and we all are waiting for our thing that we have uh, contributed money toward. Not to, to mention go- rewards. Yes. Because like, uh, that's we the other thing. Happen. There's, no, there's no guarantee that the rewards that are promised are going to come out either. Right. So it may even be that the project gets funded and it happens, but that the person who was leading the project flakes out and never sends out whatever the rewards were supposed to be. That's also right. a danger. So one of the things you should look at is when you're funding one of these projects is thinking, all right, am I, am I all right with the notion that if I contribute to this project, there is a chance, depending upon the reliability of the people in charge of this project, that I will not get the reward promised me? If that means that the project still funds and the thing still becomes a real thing. Right. Because sometimes that might be all that's important to you. You might not, you might say, oh, the reward is nice and that's cool and all, but I really just want to see this thing become a real thing. Yeah. So, if you're all right with that, then you might not – that might not worry you at all. But if you're if you're more like, look, I am contributing and at the level that I'm contributing, I'm expecting to get this thing, that's another thing to keep in mind. You know, It's also helpful to talk to people who have funded various Kickstarter campaigns and just talk about their experience about – you know, did you did you actually get the rewards you were promised? Was it timely? Uh, what what should I expect? And keep in mind, their experience may not at all 
uh, apply to yours because these are all different people who are applying for these campaigns. So you never, you know, one person's experience with one project is totally different from any other project that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I was going to talk about the other problem that can happen, and this relates to one of the stories that I wanted to talk about. If that's okay, uh, yeah, let's let's do that. A specific story is uh, as of the recording of this podcast, uh, a big story in tech is this uh, Ouya mm-hmm. gaming console. Yeah, and the gaming console is the concept. It's going to be a ninety nine dollar gaming console running on essentially an ARM based processor, uh, Android operating system derivative. The idea being that it could run various games that were originally designed for mobile platforms, but to do it on a television. And it could also emulate or run an emulator to run other types of games as well. And beyond that, the game model is the idea is that you would you would download games or stream games. So you are not um, buying lots of physical media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are buying stuff through the Internet. And you would be able to play a lot of these games, at least on a trial basis, for free. So you wouldn't just be buying stuff blind. You get a chance to play this. Uh, this resembles a, a other game systems that are have similar business models, like on live. Yes. It's not a whole lot different from that. Although in this case, it's not a subscription based service. You're buying a console and then you're buying individual games. Uh, they launched a Kickstarter campaign in July of 2012 with a goal of nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Uh, I think. After the second day, they had more than $2 million. Yes. As of the recording of this podcast, it is currently funded at $4,389,278 with 26 days left to go. Mm-hmm. Um, more than 34,000 people are backing this project. So they've already more than met their goal. You know, Their goal was less than a million dollars. Now they've got $4 million. So their project is funded. Uh, it, they won't get that money until the project's over. Of course, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be a lot closer. In fact, it may already have happened. Um, but they're going to get more money than what they asked for. That might not necessarily be a great thing. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes when you get more money than what you need to do what you need to do, you you might not behave in as careful a way as you would if you had just the right amount of money. You're not thinking of all those lottery winners who blow all their money and end I'm, up in bankruptcy. I'm are thinking you? a lot of startup companies that got crazy amounts of venture capital yeah. balloon, like the dot com crash. That was part of the problem of the dot com crash. Yeah. One of the many problems was that you had these startup companies that were getting lots of cash injections from venture capitalists, angel yeah. investors, that kind of thing. Lots and lots and lots of money, more money than they needed to conduct business. And so they grew. Way too fast without anything to show for it. So they were doing things like buying lots of office equipment that they didn't necessarily need, hiring on people that they, they didn't have work for yet. Yeah. You know, going like, well, you know, we were going to get a little office space at the bottom of this one building, but now that we've got all this cash, let's go for the penthouse. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And buying, uh, pinball machines and right. all kinds of other stuff. And, and you could even, even if you're not going extravagant, all right, yeah. that's, that's, that's telling you about you really lose sight of what you're doing and you're going for extravagance. Let's say that this company <clears throat> avoids that. They don't go for this whole extravagant route. But instead, what they do is they start developing this. They might be willing to pursue a less than ideal pathway longer 
than they would if they had less cash. Right. Because they have cash to burn through. They have a safety net, right? Mm-hmm. So they can, they can, they have the luxury because of the cash to make a bad decision longer than they would if they had less cash. Mm-hmm. So there is the potential that they can make some very, very bad choices and stick with them longer than they need to. And it's not ideal. Now that I'm not saying that will definitely happen because the people at Ouya may have a real grip on this and they might just make not just this cool game console, but be able to incorporate stuff they didn't even think of when they first launched this campaign. Mm-hmm. It could turn out that this project ends up being a wild success. The game console could end up being the best thing ever and, and everything works out. Uh, we don't know if that's the case or not. I'm just saying that there are dangers to actually overfunding. You might think more money equals good. It does not always equal good. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, that $4 million with, with a 950000 goal is not – and that's still in process. That's not the biggest project that's been funded on Kickstarter so far. Uh, before, there was uh, – have you – you've heard about the Pebble, right? Yes. It's, it's a watch. An e-paper watch, mm-hmm. e-ink. And it, it the idea is that you would connect this watch to another device, a smartphone, like through Bluetooth, right? Right. And it would display various things on the watch that would let you see stuff that was uh, coming through on your phone. So it's kind of like a phone watch phone without the – but it connects to an existing device. Right. And um, they the, – the company behind it launched a Kickstarter – a campaign where they were trying to raise a certain amount of money, and boy, did they. Uh, I, I don't remember what their – I guess I could search, but I don't remember what their actual um, uh, goal was, their original goal. Let's but see. they crushed it. Oh, they more than crushed it, yeah. All right, I'm actually pulling up the uh, site now. Okay, so their goal was $100,000. That was what they wanted to raise. They raised $10,266,845. Now that is an overfunded project. To go from 100,000 to 10 million. I can't imagine. Like, mm-hmm. w- what do you do with all that money apart from make more of these pebbles once they're ready to go and send them out to the backers? That's the only thing I can think of. Cause yeah. you get 10, 10, mil- $10 million. So, so I've seen people, uh, Already criticizing Pebble and Oya. It's not really their fault. Well, I mean, basically what they're saying is, hey, you may be funding these guys and they may not actually be scam artists, but it's going to feel like a scam when nothing happens for you guys. And I mean, th- we're talking about people who are basically saying, you you just flushed your money. Right. And, and or, or without – which I, I feel is probably a little bit premature because yes. everything I've seen – uh, says that both of these companies are f- honestly intending to do this. Yeah, they're sincere. They, yeah, they're being sincere. They really want to accomplish their goal. They really want to make the Pebble Watch and the, and the we are game console. But the uh, the question is, um, and, and this the, I don't think that was the point of the columns that I've been reading. Was basically, look, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, these are not seasoned professionals. Uh, you know, this is not uh, Microsoft deciding it wants to create a. a a tablet with its name on it. Microsoft knows about manufacturing because they learned with the Xbox. Um, you know, Google has already come out with a phone, you know, essentially working with other manufacturers. They know what kinds of things that they're going to have to deal with if they want to come out with the Nexus 7 tablet because they have worked with hardware manufacturing before. These guys are new to this. 
And so they're going to have to find out about all this stuff, and they're not going to end up with enough money, even with these highly funded projects, to do what they need to accomplish because they just they just don't know what they're doing. They're inexperienced, and you're going to end up losing your money. I, to be fair, a I lot don't know. Of, a lot of the people who are working on these projects have uh, experience in the various industries. Otherwise, uh, I mean, clearly, like I would not start a Kickstarter campaign for a game console. I have no experience developing one. I've played them. Yeah, that's about I, the limit of my experience. I think that's. I, I think the these these naysayers are probably being a little unfair. They're. I think they're being overly pessimistic. But at the same time, it's good to check your expectations because yes. things can go wrong. It could. It could even be that the money is fine. That the money doesn't burn out. It's just that their goal ends up being unreasonable. Like yeah. they just can't. They cannot meet the goal that they had set. They're, they're act, not, the, not the money goal, but the project's goal. So sometimes that happens, and it's unfortunate when it does, but that's another thing that you need to keep in mind. Um, whether or not these will be you know, cautionary tales in the future, that remains to be seen. I'm hoping that both of them, both the Pebble and the Ouya, end up being – successful Avengers because one, I think they're both cool ideas. Absolutely. And I, and I I think it's neat to see it. And two, I don't want there to be this big red X over Kickstarter because I think that it's such a valuable service. I don't want something like that to negatively impact uh, the service. Well, there are so many people with great ideas for projects. Uh, They don't have the ability to raise the funding for them uh, necessarily on their own. And this also, I mean, it, this not only gives them a chance to get funded, but it also gives, uh, you know, the average person who doesn't have $10 million uh, burning a hole in their pocket to give to somebody with a cool idea. Say you have $20. You know, hey, I've got $20 I can give you to make this project a reality. I know I can't fund you by myself, but I would love to contribute to to make this happen. Um where how can I do that? This is really a, a great tool to make that happen. Now there are other projects that already exist, and they're they're somewhat controversial too. Yeah, because this is I mean for for these that we've already talked about, they don't exist yet. They're they're ideas, uh, and they've they've maybe come up with a prototype or something that they feel like they can actually take and have it manufactured. Now, um, the biggest one I can think of that that exists in this other world where it already is a something that they want to continue funding for uh, would be Penny Arcade. Now, this is a really controversial subject. And in fact, uh, our site director, Tracy Wilson, wrote a blog post about this on the How Stuff Works blog uh, where she shared her perspective, which I – On fan stuff? On, on pop stuff. Oh, pop stuff. I'm pop sorry. Pop stuff, yeah. Um, it used to be called fan stuff. It's pop stuff now. I'm stuck in the past. Uh, so am I. I. I have to keep reminding myself whenever I talk about it. But I, I share her perspective more or less, her philosophy on this. Uh, the I, here's here's the pitch. So Penny Arcade is a well-established webcomic and entertainment company. Yes. They, they go beyond webcomics now to other things, as, but webcomic is sort of the heart and soul of what Penny Arcade is. That's how they started out. Yeah. And when they started, they were uh, funded completely by their audience. People would leave donations for Penny Arcade. They had a little donate button, and that's how they made money. Right. And so some months they would make a pretty good amount of money, and other months would be particularly tight. And that's how they operated for a while. They eventually uh, supplemented their that with web ads. And then mm-hmm. eventually they got to a point of popularity where the web ads were enough to support the business. And 
they now have lots and lots of, of uh, their, their audience is huge, mm-hmm. relatively yes. speaking, for the internet, right? It's one of the largest audiences on the internet uh, for, for like an entertainment webcomic type of approach. Well, they decided to the uh, Tycho and Gabe. That's, that's their alter egos. But yep. Anyway, Tycho and Gabe decided to uh, to try and operate the site going back to their roots by having a crowd sourced, crowd funded penny arcade, mm-hmm. which would allow them to get rid of their ads. So they they talked about to decide how much money would they need in order to run their site ad-free for a year. Mm-hmm. And they came up with the figure of $1 million. Uh, now, their Kickstarter campaign, if you were to go visit that, is not for $1 million. It's for $250,000. That's their goal. And that's their first goal. The goal, if they hit $250,000, they are going to take off uh, the leader uh, ad that's on the main page. Mm-hmm. It goes away. That space gets reclaimed to the actual site. Um, and then if they go over that, they have stretch goals at every so often until you hit a million where Penny Arcade ends up being ad-free for a year. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, they have 33 days to go on their campaign and they've raised $229,628. So they haven't hit the 250000 yet, but it's – They've got they've got more than a month to go. Mm-hmm. Now the controversy that's coming up here is that one, Penny Arcade is well established. Yeah, it already exists. It does not need this money in order to operate. In other words, because it already has a revenue generating model. It's got ads. It doesn't need to be kickstarted. It it is. It, uh, it's it already an, has been kickstarted. It's an establishment, yes. right? It's not a it's not a startup. So that's one problem that people have. It's like, well, you're already there. Why yeah. do you need to go this way? How does it meet the requirements of Kickstarter that's if the you're other already one. established? That's the other one is that yeah. they feel that this is not what Kickstarter is meant for. Therefore, this is a bad idea in the sense that it takes – notice away from the stuff that Kickstarter is meant for. Right. Also, it opens up the potential door for other sites that are ad-based to try and follow suit, which in the minds of some people dilutes the brand of Kickstarter. Right. It 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 means that the that what Kickstarter is and what it's for gets diluted because something that was unintended pops up, becomes a success, inspires other people, and then you've got way more static, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you're talking about you want to find the signal. You want to find the thing that you want to support within Kickstarter. This opens up the opportunity for all these other companies and organizations and individuals to approach Kickstarter in ways that it was not intended. It becomes even harder to find the stuff that you would actually want to support within Kickstarter's realm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's that. And Uh, that it really comes down to to the, the people who run Kickstarter. And having them d- make decisions on what appears and what doesn't. Yeah, they, so now they that they've set it. a precedent, yeah, then that's others a problem. will approach them and they can't say, well, we don't do this. They'll be able to say, well, well you, you, did, it appa- you did it for them. You Why know? is that different? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a, it, it, that's a dangerous thing is always – setting precedents is always dangerous. Yes. Um, not precedents. I mean, setting a president probably is dangerous too, but precedent. The, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, those are the general objections to this. Not that Penny Arcade wants to take ads off its site or go to a user funded model. There's no problem with that. I don't have any problem with that. I don't think anyone does. No. The problem is using Kickstarter as the platform when perhaps there's a different platform out there that they could pursue that doesn't 
compromise what the at least perceived purpose of that service is all about. Right. So that's a problem. Um, and I, again, it may turn out that this ends up being a non-story and that after this, no one cares. But it definitely opens up some potential issues. Um, I could see why people would be upset about it. Yeah. I've got some interesting stats about Kickstarter in general. So okay. again, as of the recording of this podcast, this is what uh, you can find on the Kickstarter stats page about you know how many projects that there have been to date 63,492 projects were launched uh with a success rate of just under 44%. So more than half of these projects were not funded. Uh in fact 33,310 of those 63,492 did not make it. Uh out of those unsuccessful projects uh, 20,272 of them raised between one and 20% of their goals. So they just didn't get off the ground, yeah. right? They mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't even get the, the, the vast majority of the unsuccessful projects did not raise more than 20% of what they wanted. Right. So it was pretty clear for those projects well into the, the campaign that it just was not going to happen unless someone really opened up their wallet. The, the heartbreaking stat is 172 unsuccessful projects got between 81 and 99% funded. Ouch. So they were within that last 20% where they just needed that last little bit and they would have been funded and they didn't make it. Missed it by that much. Yeah. Uh, as for the successful ones, 3,140 of the successful projects were aiming at $1,000 or less. Mm-hmm. As their, their goal. But 18,115 were aiming at between 1,000 and 9,999 dollars. Mm-hmm. So most of the successful projects were looking for more than a grand, but less than 10 grand. Uh, 3,043, which is almost as much as the, the people who wanted the smallest amount, went for 10,000 to 20,000 dollars, mm-hmm. or 19,999 if you want to be specific. So, a good portion of them were looking for around 20, you know, between 10 and 20 grand as well. So that's kind of interesting that those were the successful ones. Um, that between one and 10,000 seems to be the sweet spot for, uh, for ambitious projects, but that the, uh, 10 to 20 is not outside the realm of possibility. Right. Uh, I would, I would wager that the majority of those successful Projects that range between ten and twenty, I'd wager most of those are toward the ten thousand dollar mark, not yeah. the twenty thousand. Um, and we've seen, like you said, we've talked about uh, Ouya and we talked about um, uh, Pebble. Pebble, both being projects that were overfunded. That can happen. Uh, I know there's one particular Kickstarter project that uh, several of my friends supported. Uh, I've, I've actually got friends who have had Kickstarter projects, which are really cool. Mm-hmm. But there's one in particular that my friends supported that I see all over the place now, which is Cards Against Humanity. Have uh, you heard about this? Not much. No. Okay. Have you ever heard of the game Apples to Apples? Yes. So in Apples to Apples, for those of you who don't know, uh, the way the game is played is that someone is – a player draws a card that is uh, uh, some sort of um, descriptive uh, word like an adjective, mm-hmm. like it might be, um, it might be fluffy, 
Mm-hmm. That might be the word. And then everyone else has w- words in their hand on cards that say uh, that's a noun, some sort of noun. And they all – everyone plays a card face down and the person who played the adjective word looks at all the nouns and decides which noun most fits the adjective they played. And then uh, whoever whoever played that noun wins that round, mm-hmm. right? Cards Against Humanity uses a similar idea except they're all really, really twisted and evil and nasty and uh, they show you how wicked your friends are and how uh, twisted their minds are. Ah. So it's a huge hit in my circle of friends. I understand. I know a lot of actors and musicians, and we are a dark and twisted lot. <laughs> uh, and sometimes uh, listening listening in on a game is just as much fun or more than playing it. Um, there have also been some pretty fan, uh, some pretty nasty uh, canceled projects on Kickstarter, where Kickstarter has stepped in or the project has has stepped in and canceled the project once it was revealed that not everything was on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one called the I-3 camera drone helicopter. Um, and part of – it was canceled partly because it was using photos that were copied from other projects and other products. Hmm. So it wasn't original work. So that was raising some red flags. Also, it uh, apparently the project had made some promises that were unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's another thing about the Kickstarter people. They may or may not be able to figure out what is or is not a realistic goal. Right. You know, it's kind of like in a way you can compare it to the the problem that people in the patent office have where they get a patent for something. They may not be able to objectively tell whether that patent is realistic. So it's – I mean that's an issue, right? Yeah. You can't – you know. So that, that was one project that got originally – got the approval and then was canceled. Um, there was an adventure game that also got canceled because, uh, it was copying, uh, stuff from intellectual property from other projects. Right. So there are projects that have been canceled either by Kickstarter or the project leader because they did not measure up to Kickstarter's, uh, uh qualifications. Mm-hmm. So that can happen. And they, and Kickstarter does try to jump on those quickly because again, just like we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, those negative, Experiences can really impact the service as a whole. Yes, agreed. But by and large, I think uh, it's it's going to turn out to be a very valuable uh, forum for people to to get these projects funded when they they might not be able to otherwise. I agree. Um, and it, it'll probably launch careers. I mm, would think it, over it, the long. I'm haul. sure it already has. Yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's still a fairly young service, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see over the the course of time what uh, what sticks. Yeah, and I I I should soon have an experience of my own with one of this, and then I can at least tell you what my experience of using Kickstarter was like. I'm not going to talk about the project because that's not the place for it, but I will I will at least at some point have an insider's view of what it's like to lead a project on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. All right, so that'll be interesting to see once that turns out uh, one way or the other. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know what to expect. You never can tell. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this discussion about Kickstarter. If you have any suggestions for things that we should talk about in future episodes, please let us know. You can send us an email. That address is techstuff at discovery.com. Or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 
brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?